Hey, we're back. It's Aaron Hodges here, fresh off from my uh, Italian vacation, and we're doing another episode of the Off Balance 3. I just wanted to do a quick little intro here because uh, we have a special guest on this show. It's Chris Stanley from The Bennington Show on Sirius XM. He's on a journey to become the next place kicker for the New York Giants. And those of you that know me well know that that's a journey that's near and dear to my heart. So I talked to him about what motivated him to, you know, try for the impossible. If you're just listening for that, skip ahead. I won't be offended. But uh, we have a great episode here with my co-host Brian Miller and Jeff Young. really think you're going to enjoy it. So if you're new, check out the archives. Give us a nice little rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. And that's it. Follow us on Twitter at ob 3 place to be. I'm at Aaron Hodges. Without further ado, let's get to the show. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Off Balance 3. We are back, baby. We are back. Aaron Fear Hodges. not, Barrys. Fear not, <laughs> Barrys. Yeah, both of the Barrys. Uh, both well, of and all of the metaphorical Barrys. Oh, you know. and uh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. We're really going to stick to this, huh? I think so. I think it's an honor to the berries, to the original berries. <laughs> the OBs, if you will. The OBs. <laughs> the OB2? Boy, oh, this, is getting, wow. this is getting twist, twisty self-referential. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to all the OBs out there. We appreciate you. Oh, we got a, a an iTunes review from I saw that. from one of the berries. You want to you want to get into it? Let's do it. Let's start off with some good news because it was good. Absolutely. <laughs> if the... it was bad, I would say save it till the end. Till uh, this red wine's all uh, empty. <laughs> Are you drinking red wine right now? <laughs> I am. My wife's out of town, and it's hot as hell uh, up here. It's about. I don't have an air conditioning in my house. So it's about ninety-five degrees in the room I'm in right now. Oh yeah. Uh, for, for all new listeners, that's Brian Miller, and we also got Jeff Young. I'm Aaron Hodges. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, because I know we, just we got have. So a... enthused. Hey. <laughs> say hi, it's been Jeff. So long, you know? <laughs> hi, Jeff. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. You'll learn who Jeff is when we talk about baseball, and he's the only one with facts. That's That'll become very clear. Accurate. Yeah. Because I know we have a ton of new listeners because uh, we are promoting Chris Stanley on here from the Bennington Show. I did a quick interview with him. He's trying out for the New York Giants as a place kicker, right? So we're going to play that interview a little, little bit later in the show because this is a big deal. He's chasing a dream. And I just wanted to support him and, you know, get inside his head as he goes through this wonderful journey to become a place kicker for the New York Giants. That's how you know, by the way, that being a kicker is kind of an insulting position in its own way, is that nobody casually tries out to be a defensive lineman. Right. And nobody's like, a, yeah, as a gag, I'm going to go get, to, I'm going to go try to tackle these, uh, these other offensive linemen. <laughs> even, even long snapper is kind of in the yeah. realm of kicker. Absolutely, long snappers right up there with one of those like you. You can do that position ceremonially. That's like throwing out the first pitch. Right. I think even the Seahawks last year had a um, an ex-military guy go through training camp as a long snapper, but he did not make the team. So it's in the realm. Adam Carolla famously claims to be NFL caliber long snapper. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see him prove it. That's what I like. He was a high school long snapper. It comes up all the time. <laughs> but, this, but here's the thing. It's, it, if, if I said, I can play defensive tackle in the NFL. I can play cornerback. <laughs> That's ridiculous. If I said I could be a kicker or a long snapper, I got good calves. You know, you'd look at me and you go, eh, maybe. Right. Possible. Yeah, it's in the realm He's of possibility. He's six feet tall. 
Jeff, you ever try out for anything in a semi-serious manner? Um, semi-serious, no. I mean, not since really high school. Um, no, no, I think that would be a pretty bad idea. <laughs> what did you play growing up? Was it just baseball? No, you know what? I played baseball, but I wasn't that good at it. So um, actually what I played mostly in high school was I played tennis. Nice. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, yeah I, I, I played it. tennis competitively. I'm not yeah. good at it, but I think it's awesome. Yeah, um, I love it. My favorite book of all time is Infinite Jest, um, which spends a lot of time breaking down like the philosophy of tennis. And a lot of David Foster Wallace is like tennis-based. Oh, cool. Yeah, I haven't read that, but uh, I mean, it's a it's a fascinating sport. I mean, there's just there's I'm probably more animated watching that on TV than I am just about anything else because I'm like, I know what they're supposed to be doing, and when <laughs> they don't do it, it just drives me absolutely bonkers. Yeah, I played just enough hockey to get like into hockey in a way that I can't quite with football, even though I love football, just because. I, 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 when people like sit there and they're like, oh, the cornerback should have done this. I was like, did you play cornerback? Right. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. If you're a wide receiver, you can maybe critique the quarterback's play. Okay, I get it. You work exactly. with quarterbacks, but people are like, ah, that nose tackle doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, really? <laughs> Does he not? What? This is an interesting thing. What uh, are you watching when you're, when you're watching football, Brian? Do you watch the line of scrimmage? Do you watch the wide receivers? Do you watch the defense? Who are you watching That's mostly? A- that's a great question because football, more than almost any other sport, I mean, you really could just watch a couple of different positions. And and I try, I try to take in the fullness of the play as best I can, kind of a general sense. But um, it depends on who's playing. Like, you know, with the Vikings, you know, AP's going to get it a lot. So you're like, is AP on the field? And if AP's on the field, are they going to fake it to him? You know, he's going to be involved in the play somehow. What's what's going on with him? Um, you know, maybe now I'll start watching where Treadwell's lining up once he gets in because he's going to be great, he optimistically said. Um, but I, I, I do say that like, yeah, I don't think I watched the line of scrimmage particularly like that's the thing that's like the most ignored for me unless it goes real wrong either way. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you kind of see- take the scrimmage for the line of scrimmage for granted almost. Definitely. Yeah. Me too. Which is, a, you know, if you're a lineman, I'm sure there's unbelievable amounts of detail and precision and, you know, it's a complicated game. Yeah, I, I try to key in on that more than I normally would just to see what's going on. Because you know what it is? I can't relate to those guys. I could never be on the line of scrimmage. And that's the thing. So I'm just like, yeah. No, it's like a physical. Very few people can. I mean, you have right. to be like shaped a certain way and then just massive. And With the Vikings, I watch their D-line a lot. Like when the uh, the opposing team is playing, I'm, I'm watching the Vikings D-line specifically because it's fun to watch. They're stacked, <laughs> they're, right? They are good, man. Yeah. So it's fun to watch them get after people. I like to watch. I really like watching the defense. I guess is one thing. I, I do tend to watch the defense more than the offense. Uh, even if uh, the Vikings are on offense, you know, if the Vikings are there, I'm watching the Vikings. Um, but in any other game, it's a game I mean, that obviously you have no rooting yeah. interest. You're going to watch the defense, right? Yeah. Any any other game, I'm watching the defense a lot. Um, unless it's like you know, like I said, you got Tom Brady on the field. Yeah, you're you're kind of keeping an eye on what he's doing. <laughs> True, true. It's important. All right, let's get into this iTunes review, huh? Yes. It comes from Smell What the Brock is Cooking. (laughs) Pretty cool name. Yeah. Gave us five stars, and uh, he or she says, if you like sports and or comedy writing, you'll be satisfied with this one. Good mix of sports talk with a humorous approach. Eclectic group of hosts often have good guests. The all-ball flagrant foul segment is fun. Wish they'd talk a little about soccer, but I got to respect the guys who stick to what they're good at. 
<laughs> sort of backhanded, but also so accurate that you really can't fault it, you know? It's like, yeah. Well, I got bad news for what smell what oh, the Brock right? is cooking, because we're going to talk. A, well, actually, it, it, here's the thing. Maybe it's good news. I don't know. Maybe he'll tell us at the end of this if we're good at talking soccer, because we got to talk a little bit about soccer. Because I was just in Italy watching the Euro Cup while it was happening. This is a first-person account. You're on. You're a correspondent. You're our Italian correspondent. I was embedded. Embedded, yes. <laughs> well, in a soccer game, there's risk. There's danger. Uh, oh, you're yeah. a helmet. I hope. <laughs> they, do the riot? they don't riot in Italy, right? They're too chill for that, right? Oh, the, where we were, it was totally <laughs> yeah. chill. Especially, well, uh, I, I I got to watch Italy play in a very small remote mountain town and you can't appreciate how remote this is until you actually wind up the mountain for an hour and a half wow yeah hmm. so it's like a cool. a three hour drive north from milan we flew into milan then drove like an hour and a half on the highway then an hour and a half up the mountain it was crazy um so my my wife's mom it was her hometown that's why we went there and oh, okay so we were there for a couple nights and the Saturday night that we were there, Italy was playing Germany and this, you know, <laughs> little axis on axis crime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were like, Does that mean, would that count as a scrimmage game or something intramural or what is that? I don't know. I think it was like quarterfinal of the Euro cup. I forget. <laughs> but th- this crowd, I mean, it was a town of like maybe 200 people, maybe. Wow. Right? But th- it just so happens that there was this motorcycle event that took over the town. Do you guys know about trials? You ever seen trials bikes? I know uh, the term. It, by the way, would it be motocicleta? That sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, that's Spanish. I thought it maybe it was the same in Italian. Yeah, I get th- like so I speak very little Italian at all. But uh, some of the times that I try, I know that I'm saying Spanish words and I just hope that <laughs> the person has mercy on me. <laughs> um but yeah, so there was this event that took over the town. These trials bikes are real small motorcycles. You should maybe check out some uh YouTubes or or whatever, check out trials. But the, it was like the international, or not international, the Italian championship. So it was like the best of the best. The idea of, it's not a race, these trials, but it's rather... <laughs> it's, it's very Italian. Hey, we're not too much of a hurry. It's not a race or anything. I'm fun. I, I no. know. It's a different life over there. The pace of life is like the speed of progress in the United States over there. So it's very slow. But... Uh, Basically, the idea is that they're very small motorcycles, and they're going over obstacles like huge rocks and hills without putting their feet down. So you got to keep your balance as you go over these obstacles. It's actually kind of cool to check out. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, so that's why the town was kind of bustling when normally it probably wouldn't have been. And uh, there's probably, you know, I don't know, 50 people in the cafe watching Italy play Germany. And I hope they don't revoke my potential citizenship for saying this, but the Italian soccer team is so boring. (laughs) (laughs) They are, I mean, dreadfully boring. They just, in, in the recent history, 
that that I've you know followed them. They get a one nothing lead. They send eleven men back and play defense for and protect that lead. It's very very boring. They're like the New Jersey Devils hockey from like the mid to late nineties when the neutral zone trap was big. Exactly. Where it like stopped the game from even being fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. And this game wasn't much different. I mean, there was so few scoring chances. I think it was it was one to one at the end. Of, it was re- like your prom. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said like my prom, and I turned it on you at the last second for no reason. That is, uh, well, it's accurate, so <laughs> can't even refute it. But uh, the, the, I was so I was interested in how this crowd would act because I just always assumed that you know this would be a source of national pride here. This Italian national team playing in the Euro Cup. And they were just so docile and so <laughs> apathetic the whole time as if they knew the whole time that this was too good to be true. They could not possibly beat Germany. I, they were just so relaxed until the it went to penalty kicks. I'm sure you guys didn't watch it. It went to penalty kicks. What's that? Your correction. Yeah. <laughs> it went to penalty kicks. And it went to like five extra penalty kicks, like five wow, more than it should exciting. have. Wow. So it was pretty intense. So they got pretty excited at that moment, but uh, both teams were really terrible. They missed uh, a lot of penalty <laughs> kicks, and Germany ended up winning. And I've I've just never seen such a docile, apathetic crowd at a sporting event. It was really strange. Huh. I always think of soccer. Yeah, I mean, you think of soccer fans as like uh, ripping the seats up and hitting each other with them and whatnot. That's what I wanted. I, I wanted a riot. But that's like only a couple of countries, I think, as countries that are already kind of riot prone. I mean, there's no. We have, I guess, we have riot. We have riots in the celebration afterwards. Like we don't do it in the stadium. We go out in the street and tear up government property. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we don't. With the stadium, we leave alone. U.S. Bank has had enough troubles. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> But I, I guess it also had to do with the fact that I was in a small town. Like if I was in Rome or right. you know in a city, that it probably would have been a different experience. But yeah, so Italy lost and they were out of that tournament at that point. But uh, still, pretty cool to watch the team play while I was in the country. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's amazing! No, that's a way cooler than going to a giant stadium. I think. <laughs> giant stadiums right down the road from me. I no, not a giant stadium, not oh. the giant stadium. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Uh, but most stadium experiences become kind of homogenized, don't you think? I mean, well, maybe maybe an Italian soccer stadium would be different, you know, or something. But, you know, like I can't really tell you. You know, you go, oh, Target Field's great. It is better than the Dome, but ultimately when you're in the seats, eh. Yeah, There's not, not that, a lot of difference. What about Camden Yards, though? Everybody says that that's beautiful. Never been. Wrigley is different. I don't know what it is, but there's something old and awesome about Wrigley that I have a little bit more fun at a Cubs game just based on that. That's fair. What, do you like Camden Yards, Jeff? Is it as beautiful as I, everyone's else? Li- yeah, I mean, I, I've never been there, but, I mean, it looks awesome. I mean, there's a, a lot of the new um, baseball parks are pretty nice. But, you know, again, I, I kind of like the smaller, more intimate feel. So, again, I kind of gravitate toward the minor league game just because yeah. you, see weird, you see weird things. And, yeah, like, there's a, there's a ballpark here in California where the, um, the Bakersfield team plays. They're a Class A team. And they, they built the stadium so, I mean, whoever did this was just so stupid that they've got it so that um, the batter is staring right into the sun as it sets. And they actually have to delay the game 
as winter is going to go down. <laughs> it's just, it's like the stupidest thing. So I, you know, it's, it's, it's dumb. It makes no sense, but it's kind of cool because it's just, it's just wrong. It's like, why does that exist? Yeah. It's asymmetrical. So, it's not like all yeah, the other yeah. ballparks. Yeah, it's like, it's like they did it and then they go, Oh, Hey, you know what? We probably shouldn't have done it that way. Well, we're out of money. And, you know, <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of like that. Well, across the river from me in St. Paul, you got the St. Paul Saints, and those games mm-hmm. are are nuts. They have really amazing promotions, like when um, Larry Craig, the senator up here, got caught soliciting gay sex in the bathroom. Ah. Uh, they released Bobble Foot Night, and it was a little stall <laughs> with a business foot that ah. bobbled up and down. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, nice. Bill Murray's one of the owners of the team, and so several times a year, he'll he'll just do like a menial labor job at the, like he'll be tearing tickets or selling hot dogs or whatever. So you might get your ticket torn by Bill Murray just by going to their like ten dollar game. Very Pretty cool. cool. Right. So it's great, right? It's like it's it's actually way to me more fun than going to Target Field. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you well, he- I hear all the time that football players are the modern day gladiators. And after going to the Coliseum, I totally agree. I, I oh. it's, it's weird that that's what I learned from that, but the Coliseum is amazing. You get a chance to go, you got to go cuz the imagination that these people had thousands of years ahead of their time to be able to build this structure. And I don't know if you guys ever heard this, because I hadn't heard it until I actually went on this trip, but they actually used to fill up the floor with water and recreate naval battles. Wow. In the Coliseum. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. Nice. I've never heard that before. Yeah. I, it's like their version of turning a basketball rink into a hockey rink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, or a basketball cool. stadium, obviously. I know it's not a rink. <laughs> I, watched, I watched that much basketball. We got you. We got you. Don't worry about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, That's I mean, amazing. other than that, uh, the other, I watched uh, Portugal play France in the Euro Cup final, and no one was rooting for France. The mm. Italians do not like France. No one likes oh. France unless they're going through a terrorist attack. Oh, mm. nothing. Yeah, no, that's it. So, but so why does why does what what makes France so unilaterally disliked? I don't. Or I don't rather, know. Rather, yeah, you know, they're they're kind of like they're singled out by so many uh, Euro- Europeans as uh, the jerks. But then everyone goes there and they say it's nice. Everyone was rooting for Portugal in this small Italian town, and then it, by the end, this was a better game than Italy versus Germany. But nobody was scoring. So, like, anytime there was anything that even came close to a scoring chance, they were rooting for France at the end. They forced you to switch sides. <laughs> Take that, baseball. <laughs> you're, start, you're starting to look scintillating. That's right. <laughs> so, I was watching the game with my wife and a bunch of old Italian men. And uh, France has this young kid named Kingsley Coman. Did you guys get a chance to Google image this guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. guy looks strikingly familiar. Because he has the Odell Beckham Jr. haircut. Is that, but I mean, does Odell, I mean, it is pretty specific, I guess. Did anyone ever have that before Odell? The, I was kind of looking that up, actually. You were trying to find her? Research. Yeah, I was, trying to, I was trying to figure out, yeah, research, right? I, <laughs> I like I, it. I, it's, it sounded like what I could find, and I don't know if I can find it again, but it sounded like, uh, he actually got that. He, Odell Beckham actually got that haircut from a teammate of his in college. Oh, yeah. He kind of, yeah, he copied it off of somebody, um, off of one of his teammates. But I can't. Oh wait, I wonder if it's here. I might have it here. But yeah, what do they call it? 
A burst and fade. No way. A burst and fade. That's what they call it. Apparently, it's like all the there, there's this great. I should have sent this to you, but I um I'm lame. Um, but they I guess they said this like is the most requested. I don't know when was this from a couple of years ago. No, it's actually from May of this year. It's like the most requested haircut now. It has to be. And uh, people people go in and they ask for the Odell Beckham. There was even this this uh, article was talking about. Uh, oh man, this guy. He was like a. I think he was one of the hairstylists. He says, I probably shouldn't tell you this. This is in Philadelphia. He says, I probably, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but one of the first guys who asked us for that cut is an employee of the Eagles, <laughs> which, which I thought was pretty funny. But um, yeah, where did he get it from? He got it from some, oh man. If I, I, if I had to guess, I want to say uh, Tyrone Matthew, I think was, uh, is that the honey badger? Oh, man. Yeah, Tyron Matthew. Yeah, I think he had a similar haircut. But oh, we... that's it. That is. That is. That's the guy. Yeah, yeah. It is that's him, it. right? Yeah, yeah. But I think we can all agree that Odell took it to heights that were never reached before. Yeah, but it's a stupid sure. haircut. You know, what it reminds me of. Uh, it reminds me of. I remember on on um, uh, on in Living Color, David Allen Greer and Damon Wayans would do those movie reviews, Men on Film. Hated it. Funny. Yeah, hated. They had those funny little. <laughs> that were like impossibly perched and like a little disproportionate on their heads. Two snaps up with a twist. Absolutely. (laughs) I've always thought Beckham's hair looks like a men on film hat. Oh my God. That's hilarious. You know, a lot of people were very surprised to hear that we was doing a special football show. But we've been fans of football for many years. I mean, what other game boasts such great names like Dick Butkus? (laughs) Or my favorite, Bob Greasy. Now, isn't he a tight end? He was. (laughs) Still, there's a lot of things about this game that could be better, Mm -hmm. like the uniforms. Hated him, for instance. You know, I was so disappointed when I found out that those numbers on the back, they were just for identification. Oh, I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. The smallest one I saw was 11, Mm -hmm. and then I saw one that said 78 child, I almost fainted. Stop. <laughs> and you know, I found that those padded shoulders were just too Joan Crawford. Mm-hmm. And speaking of old fish, mm-hmm. what about those cheerleaders? Hated them. It sits odd, you know, it looks like the wrong, like the way their hats were too small. It's like, where's the rest of your haircut, dude? It looks like there's essential parts missing. So it's like every young black kid has this haircut now. The, with the, yeah. with it's crazy how much it took off and is still thing. continuing to grow, I guess. So this kid, Kings- I mean, Odell gets the credit for that though. He it's the Rachel in that sense, right? Like right. I'm sure some, somebody cut their hair oh, like yeah. before Jennifer Aniston, but she was the one who made everybody cut their hair like that. Yeah. So I yeah. think, I, I think I know the answer, but settle this bet between my wife and I, is it possible that Kingsley Coman of the French national team had this haircut and is unaware of who Odell Beckham Jr. Is? Yeah, I, I bet Odell yeah. Beckham Jr. doesn't know who the hell Kingsley Coman is. <sighs> yeah, I don't think so. I, I... American football. I, I, I don't. I you underestimate how little people outside the country often care about American football. I yeah, and I understand that. But if you, uh, this is my argument, that one catch that Odell had went around the world. He was wearing a helmet while he was doing it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, there's no, you have to, yeah, he probably saw a p- picture, but doesn't give you any indication of the do. 
Yeah, but he's doing head and shoulders commercials. Now, here's the thing. It might be that he saw somebody who had it, who had it because Odell Beckham did it. I'm not saying it's not a trickle down. Six degrees of uh, Odell Beckham's head. Uh, you know, <laughs> Kevin Bacon was in a movie with Bill Murray, whatever. But uh, Wild Things was that movie they run together, by the way. Um, it was a very good movie. Underrated. But uh, no, I think it's possible. I think it's very possible that a lot of soccer players wouldn't know almost any yeah. football players. You know, sometimes just great minds think alike, and apparently these two, too. Or terrible barbers. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I, here's, here's the thing. I, if you look at my hair, I have, I have a kind of a, it's, it's a, it's a mediocre to stupid haircut, but it's mm. like a traditional kind of, you know, regular old white guy haircut. Sure. But I realized a while back that my motivation for this haircut is I've had the same haircut my entire life, is basically that this haircut if you look at any era of high school yearbook, I, this haircut is represented in there somewhere. You know, it's 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 like the name Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's never the most popular, but boy, there's a lot of there's always some bills, you know. And so I never wanted to be the guy who looks back and had the stupid haircut. Right. But I realize in retrospect that all the guys who are being much more uh, successful with ladies always have the, hair, the stupid haircut of the moment, which against all logic seems to help. I don't know why, but I realized that I'm not going to get to like 40 and there I'm going to get some sort of tax refund of like I get to have sex with all the people because they respect my old high school yearbooks <laughs> like I, I was sort of gambling uh, current possibilities for for no real future reward like oh i get to say i told you so to all the girls who didn't sleep with me oh that's hilarious wow you you really thought you were something just keeping it straight with the haircut and not going along with the trend huh i always thought i wouldn't i mean it's probably true i never looked too stupid but the thing is you could if you, as long as you look stupid like all the other morons around you everything's fine hmm yeah, it is weird how that works because you're right. That trendy haircut, the girls just go towards that guy, and he's just trying to be like everybody else. Why wouldn't you go for the guy that keeps it constant, the Brian Miller? The old school, the classic, you know? I could have hung out with Lee Marvin with his hair. I could have hung out with Burt Reynolds with his hair, and I could hang out with Odell Beckham Jr. with his hair. Mm. I just think that the King- gamut. Yeah, Kingsley definitely knows who Odell Beckham Jr. is. He's he's a young professional athlete. He's looking up the other young, famous professional athletes. He knows who Odell is. What's that? Pele or somebody? I don't know. Oh come on, no. If there's ooh, if there's a Beckham, he's interested in. His name is not Odell. Case closed. Oh, <laughs> all right. I'll just let it Woo. go. I'll, I'll let Two you snaps. Gonna let you. What was the rest of that? Yeah, hated it. <laughs> it was good. I'll let you think that you won that. Just it's good. I'm, I'm, happy I'm happy with a fake victory. Yeah, that's the one bet that I had. And then the uh, the other thing, I don't know. I I guess I'm obsessed with varying degrees of fame and who travels well to international. Water. So I was having this conversation with some some coworkers of mine a few months ago. Who is more famous worldwide? Is it Lupe Fiasco? And I think I just should stop right there because you guys probably don't even know who he is. Uh, or Jeff Foxworthy? Oh, I would say Lupe Fiasco. You would? Yeah, I think so. What would you say, Jeff? Uh, worldwide, you said. Worldwide. I. He's like I've American football. Of, Big in the South, nowhere else. Yeah. I I've never heard of the other guy. I only know Fosworthy, so um Yeah. I've I've never heard of that other person. I don't know. <laughs> Wor- worldwide, I'll say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this is a trick question and I'm probably gonna get it wrong <laughs> anyway, because I'm gonna overthink it. 
And I'm going to go with the other guy that I've never heard of. That guy is really, <laughs> he's like huge what everywhere a... but in my house. <laughs> Such a panic move there. Oh, my God. I feel so anxious. <laughs> so I had, this, I had to ask, the my, my wife has some uh, family over there and friends that she would spend summers with while we were there. So I had to ask these kids that are, you know, they're about, about my age. I had to ask them if they knew who either of them were, and they didn't know either one of them. Okay, whoa, that's interesting. interesting. It blew my mind, and it just speaks to the American hubris that we think everybody knows what's going on over here. Although, to prove your earlier point, I, there was just a video of at NFL.com uh, of, like, it was, like, Odell, it was, like, cell phone video somebody took of Odell Beckham, like, walking down the street in Germany, and people were going nuts. I haven't seen that so, yet. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe, I mean, you know, obviously I know the guy's famous here, but maybe he has more of that, that worldwide, you know, panache. But like, how would I know if I don't? You know, I only know what I'm what I'm seeing here. Yeah. Oh wow. So I was I was shocked that they they didn't know either one. And I know like, I figured Lupe is more famous just because he's a musician. Granted, he's a rapper, so he appeals to younger people. But uh, I think music travels better worldwide than comedy does, especially such a niche comedy that you get with jo- Jeff Foxworthy. So essentially American, yeah, and, yeah. and inherently American. Yeah, that makes sense. But then again, so is a lot of hip hop and rap. They're speaking about very specific American things for the most part. Yeah, but I have a lot of I have a fair amount of foreign language songs on my computer. I don't have any foreign language comedians on my computer. <laughs> you know, good point. Do you know any? Um, know any what? Can you name any foreign comedians? Um, I mean, Besides, I know like, a couple the, of names like Gad Syed is like a big French troublemaker who like, I can't remember. I can't remember if he's like a, a Muslim comedian or if he's a dude who says horrible things about Muslims, but he uh, stirs yeah. up a lot of controversy in France. I think it's Gad Syed is that guy's name. There's another uh, guy heard, named Gad that you might, Gad Elamar. And Gad Elamar, is it, was he a big French guy who moved to New York? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know what? Maybe I'm combining Gad Syed. There's another French comedian. I his name is something Syed. I think. Yeah, I've heard of that. But but, it, but it's also it doesn't. It's not as it's not as obvious as you would think. Where it's like, oh, he's some young Muslim guy. Like he's like a provocateur who does some other stuff. And I I think he might even be kind of anti. It's yeah. I'm I'm half remembering this article, but yeah, there's that other French dude that was on. Seinfeld's comedians with cards getting coffee. That was Gad, yeah. I love oh, that was yeah. Gad, yeah. Yeah. A comedian buddy of mine told me that it's really obnoxious um, because he works at the store, and when Gad's going to be there, he tweets it out, and all these French people fill up the store because he's a huge French celebrity. But a lot of them don't even speak English, and they just stare dumbfounded and completely disinterested at all the other comedians and go nuts when Gad's there. <laughs> that oh, makes for a very uncomfortable night for the regular yeah. comedians, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, Tom Papa. Uh, interviewed him for Sirius XM one time, Gad, and they said he was yeah. the Jerry Seinfeld of France. Right, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. I think that's how he wound up on uh, the show. Right. He gets that comparison a lot. Yep, yep. But it's, but it's cross-cultural stuff, you know? It just doesn't... Between the language barrier and then just the differences, it's like, as a comedian, I know, you, you, you're surprised even when you go to a club that's in a different region of the country, things that you just take for granted, you have to adapt a little bit. Um, you know, if you're in a super, if you're in a super uptight suburban community, your jokes about referencing hip hop lyrics probably don't do so well. Yeah. Subway. If you're, yeah. If I'm, when I'm in, I'm in Houston, Texas in this like kind of like all Mexican area and my jokes about the, co- like shopping at the hippie co-op don't go well. Cause like, well, no, we've got Mercados. We get all our fresh fruit and stuff from these like 
these this whole series of market cicadas to us. We don't need your stupid co-op. Yeah. You know, so it's like just those, it just doesn't translate for totally different reference-based reasons. So I, I, I've heard that, you know, traveling, you know, really far abroad is especially daunting and just you, you're stunned by the, the amount of stuff that doesn't carry over. Yeah, it was definitely shocking that they didn't know either one of those people. I, I, I thought one of them at least, but you know, I can name a few foreign comedians, but that's only because I'm dealing with it every day. If I was just a casual comedy fan, I, I, who would I know? Tim Minchin, maybe. That's about it. Oh, Minchin. Oh, I know it's English guys and Australian guys and stuff. But yeah, I mean, even if you're a hard, you could be a, a truly hardcore comedy fan and not know more than five foreign comedians who are currently working. Yeah, hmm. I think you know. And the only reason you would know them is because they're people who work over here. You yeah, know, like, oh, exactly. Jim Jeffries. Everybody knows Jim. Well, yeah, but Jim Jeffries go. is over here. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> he, he almost doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, whereas where somebody's like, no, what it mentioned at least is like, a, I mean, he lives in Britain. He might come over here every now and then. That guy's amazing, by the way. If anybody hasn't Jim? seen Tim Minchin. Oh, Tim, yeah. Tim yeah. Oh, Tim. I mean, Jim Jeffries is also really good, but oh, man, Tim Minchin is unbelievably funny and weird. Not the sort of thing I would... If you describe it, it sounds stupid. It does, yeah. It really does. <laughs> and then you see it, and it's just like, this is great. I mean, not only funny, but a tremendous piano player. Yes, a, a tremendous hmm. piano player and a, a really thoughtful guy in addition to being a really funny guy. Yeah, hmm. totally. Without ever coming off to me as like, ugh, okay, you know. He doesn't do show-offy stuff or blowhardy stuff. It's, it's all pretty weird and pretty funny. Yeah, definitely. My brothers are currently obsessed with Jim Jeffries, especially the bit about uh, gun control where he's talking, you know what I'm talking about, where he's talking about, uh, he actually got robbed, I think is the story. I forget how it goes, but he got robbed in his house and it's like how ridiculous it is to make the argument that the gun is for protection, If you, ha- especially if you have it in your house locked in a safe, like what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> you're going to tell the guy to wait? You know, I gotta get this out of my shit. So yeah, I'm not doing any justice. But I think he he has a brand new special on Netflix too. I like Jim. He does. I haven't seen it yet. But he's a he's a funny dude. Yeah, check that out. Another guy, another comedian I really like is Dwayne Perkins. You should check him out. Dwayne Perkins from Chicago. Uh, I think he's wait. No, I'm thinking of Dwayne Kennedy. Sorry, I think he's from New York, but he's in LA now. Uh, Yeah, I was thinking of Dwayne Kennedy, who's also great. I'm trying to remember (laughs) the name of the special. But I can't. Anyway, it's on Netflix. Dwayne Perkins. Really funny. I was just listening to it today. Uh, so yeah, that's it for comedy recommendations. Should we jump into all ball or flag and foul? Let's do it. All cool. right. Uh, who wants to go first? Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to go first, please. Um, yeah. So I've got the uh, item here about the. Uh, Kansas City Royals getting invited to the White House. And the headline reads, Patriotic Johnny Gomes crushed Royals aren't inviting him to White House. So Johnny Gomes, who played very briefly for the Royals last year, uh, was not part of the entourage invited to go to the White House. And uh, the question is, is that all ball or flagrant foul that he was not invited? And we'll start with Brian. I want to go... It's complicated. It, you know what? This is like a, when it's an all ball on all sides in a way. I totally get the guy wanting to go. I would want to go. I'm, I'm with you. But maybe it's all ball for not inviting him and maybe a little flagrant fell on his part for wanting to go because it's like it's like he dated somebody for two months and he's mad he didn't get invited to her wedding. She's with somebody else now and it wasn't even a thing for very long. 
maybe maybe you shouldn't feel like it's too representative of you. Fair. So I'm gonna yeah, go Flavor Fell on his part overall and all ball on their part if I have to go. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. fair. All right. So How about you, Aaron? Yeah, so he's a super patriot and that's why he wanted to go, because he's very patriotic. Now Jason Pierre Paul, that's a patriot. <laughs> He's got the scars to prove it. He leaves it all on the field. <laughs> or the sidewalk. So th- this Gomez character, he is that his name? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Gomes. Gomes. Um, yeah. He was on the Royals and got traded midseason before the World Series? Uh, he was actually... Uh... He was actually with the team, but he did not. He did not uh, play on the. Um, he was not on the postseason roster. Oh, okay. Um, okay, that does seem like I. I think he's got a legitimate beef. I, I mean, does he get a World Series ring? And if the answer is yes, then he should also be invited to the White mm-hmm. House. I feel like he contributed yeah, okay. to the team, even if it was just the regular season. If he, you know, I'm. I'm sure he was on the reserve list or whatever it is in case they needed him. So if he played in the regular season and he got a World Series ring and he wants to go to the White House, I think he's got a beef. It's all ball. You kind of sold me on that. Well, um, he played for them for a month. And he actually (laughs) – He was only in in 12 games. So he he technically made a contribution, but he didn't really do much, Um, you know. He hit like a buck sixty-seven, um, <laughs> you know. Maybe that's it the wasn't answer. a whole lot of a contribution. If so the... I mean, I I appreciate the guy, you know, wanting to be a part of that, but it's it's sort of like, you know, he wasn't even like a like a real peripheral part of the team. He was sort of an afterthought. He he really just came in at the very end, did a few things, and then. You know, he wasn't even put on the playoff roster at all. So it's it's not like he wasn't there, but it's almost like he wasn't there. <laughs> you know? Now that sounds like my prom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to go the other way now, too. Like a 167 batting average. I mean, the cutoff should be like 200. If you can't even hit 200. Well, hey, if you, you know what? less likely that your team would make it to the World Series, you shouldn't get credit for it. Well, right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He didn't do a whole heck of a lot. So, you know, I get his frustration, but at the same time, it's like, eh, you weren't really doing a whole lot to help the cause there. Yeah. All right, I'm still, I, th- I still think he has a beef. I mean, what's it going to cost the team to send him? Yeah. Just go. Let him go. All yeah, it's like they have limited seats or anything. It's like, well, there's only 18 seats in the van. We've right. got to leave them. <laughs> yeah. it's, great. it's like they you have to almost shut them on purpose. And at some point, they made a decision. They, they made a cutoff, right? It's like inviting people to your wedding. Like, you make a cutoff, you're going to hurt some feelings. We did. Um, you, you have, have to. to. I explained yeah, it. Yeah, it happens. You have to pick an entire – when you're booking your wedding or filling your wedding up, you have to – you can't just pick it by individuals. You've got to pick by strata. You've got to go like, all right, yeah. first cousins are in, second cousins are out. You know, you, you've got to make some brutal calls like that because otherwise it's – you know, you can't justify it when anybody complains. Yeah, and then if you invite this person but not that person, there's going to be a problem. So you then you start figuring out, well, okay, if I'm inviting these three people – but I'm not inviting this other person. But if I invite that other person, then I have to invite two other people. Right. It starts 
getting a little bit nuts. Mm. I was. I feel like I was never more in my element than figuring out the wedding invite list. My like social <laughs> neuroses, coupled with my like kind of love of statistics and analysis, really merged nicely. Like, I man, I winnowed that list down to a hundred. Yeah. And then a guy got bounced. A guy crashed, and we we literally would have cost. You know, we could only have a hundred people, and so uh, I had to send my uh, my entourage to uh, eighty six him. Wow. Yeah, I never had somebody. I had a guy eighty six by other guys wow. in suits. That sounds so gangster. I feel like you felt, just became. I felt very bad because I actually I did like the guy. Yeah. I just he just wasn't you know he didn't make the cut and like you can't just show up to someone's wedding. Yeah, that's messed up. It's just weird. Wow. That's messed up. It's like what an was... open bar, you know, buffet. You know, it's like nah, you don't just do that. It was really far out in the country too. You had to really go out there. But can whatever, you say yeah. what nice the guy. can you say what the relation was to you? That's just a high school friend, a guy oh. I like, still like to this day. Nice guy. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. It's a weird move. Like, I know I didn't get invited, but hey, don't worry about me. I'm low yeah, maintenance. I'll I had, just be I had other here. things to worry about. So yeah. I told two dudes to, you know, make it go away. And problem was solved. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty great. Uh, yeah. I do, just, I'm just picturing you sitting back, just making a godfather call. <laughs> you come to me on the day of my wedding. <laughs> Un- uninvited. No one but the bar is open. <laughs> Here's one of my all ball or flagrant fouls. I got one that just came to me that I I feel like we have to hash out just a little bit. Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. Yeah, sure. From the perspective of Kevin Durant making that decision, is it good for the NBA? Is it all ball or flagrant foul, forming a super team with the Warriors, Brian? I mean, it has potentially really negative repercussions for the game as a whole, for sure. But on any individual level, I completely understand it. So from his perspective, I think it's all ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I so much more respect the guys, which is maybe silly, but I really like the guys who want the win more than the cash. Right. Well, usually, <laughs> admittedly, after they've had a big... They've had a big contract already, usually, but you know they don't like they need the money at that point. They're that they're that good. But you are you see mid level football players sometimes to take salary cuts to stay on a team. You know, I mean they're getting paid well, but they could maybe get a little bit more elsewhere. But they think this is a good team and they want to stick it out. I I like that. I like the win mentality. Uh, I like that. I like that. That's the part that people are focused on, uh, even though it's totally understandable. You know, to look out for your pocketbook. So. I'm going to say all ball, but that's because I also, because I don't watch a ton of basketball. So when you're watching the finals, you get to see all the best guys anyway. It right. makes the finals great. Yeah. It makes the playoffs really great. It just makes the playoff, the season kind of perfunctory. What about you, Jeff? Uh, yeah, I'm all ball. Uh, that's, you know, that, that could be the thing that puts uh, Golden State over the top next year. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah. that's, it, that's it. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I think it. Uh, Were you pretty dispirited by that, Jeff? I'm sorry. Were you dispirited by the Golden State loss? You know, if I cared, but um, yeah, I mean, as much as I could be, for sure. I mean, it was, you know, I, again, I'm not huge into basketball, but I actually did watch those games, and I, uh, especially after the first couple, I just, you know, I thought, oh, this is gonna be a walk through the park, and then, I, you know, it actually ended up being a fun series for for really weird reasons. But uh, yeah, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta represent the California team. But it wasn't crushing the way like a, a minor league loss to the from the San Bernadu Leghorns would be to you or something like oh, that. Oh, no. Oh, no. The Leghorns. That's a joke, son. A flag waver. 
You're built too low. The fast ones go over your head. You got a hole in your glove. I keep pitching them and you keep missing them. You got to keep your eye on the ball. Eye, ball, eyeball. I almost had a gag, son. Joke, that is. <laughs> That's sacred there. Will it make you more likely to watch Warriors games if they're on TV, knowing that Kevin Durant is now on that team? Uh, me personally, no, not at all. No, okay. Brian? No. I mean, but I, there was, the Warriors, that's the thing, though, right? They were already the team that if I was going to casually watch a game that I came across, it would probably be, a, you know, Warriors. You know, there's a couple of teams you probably stick around with. I'd watch a Timberwolves game because it's local, but other, outside of the market teams, yeah. I mean, the Warriors, I like Steph Curry. It's interesting to watch Cleveland. You know, <laughs> it, it, basketball does seem to have kind of uh, it become a little bit of a stratified in that way. Yeah. And only the football mm-hmm. just doesn't. Football, I don't know, man. Football is just hard to maintain. Even these great teams just tumbles apart on them. You know, it's such a thin line between 12 and four and eight and eight. Well, the, the comparison to football is reminding me that uh, Pat Riley, the GM of the Miami Heat, suggested that maybe teams should be able to apply a franchise tag. To, ah. to players hmm. much in the way that uh, football teams are able to do that because he is uh, kind of upset about uh, Dwayne Wade going to Chicago instead of finishing his career with the Heat. Well, I'll tell you, if anything proves the existence of CTE, it's the NFL Players Union and the crap they've allowed into the contracts. I mean, those guys get such a raw deal compared to so many other major athletes. The amount of money football players make relative to baseball players and basketball players relative to how long they can play and the physical toll it takes relative then again to the amount of money coming into the league. I mean, it's these players are underpaid by any reasonable standard of modern athlete accounting. Sure. Yeah. And, I, and they have a terrible players union. <laughs> so, so getting back to Pat Riley, what, what exactly was his gripe? So, uh, you know Dwayne Wade, right? Yeah, sure. He's uh, been with the Heat his whole career. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he yeah. he signed with Chicago as a free agent, and uh, right because he felt disrespected by the Heat, uh, they prioritized other guys in free agency. And, you know, he's at the end of his career. He's still a very good player, but you know he's often injured. And I guess you know they gave him an offer that was insulting to him, and uh, eventually he just decided that he was gonna go play for Chicago, and because he's from Chicago, so okay. there was always rumblings so, that he might do yeah, that yeah. one day, and so I guess I'm it was just, enough to to drive him there. Okay, so I'm just kind of wondering if Riley's beef is with is with Wade Bolting or with the fact that it's gonna make the the Bulls stronger. No, I don't think he's worried about the Bulls okay. being stronger. They, I think they actually had a pretty good relationship, and I think they still okay. respect each other a lot. But it's just one of those things where Pat Riley's trying to do what's best for the team. Sure. And Dwayne Wade felt like he had sacrificed a lot for the team in the past, and he just felt like you know he should get paid like a superstar still. Hey, okay. that's capitalism, baby. If the Bulls are going to pay it, I'm fine with that. That's totally. Seems, it seems crazy to me that, there, that there's a guy who has a market value that's apparently quite a bit higher than what you're willing to give him, and you can somehow force him to work under his market value because you feel like he owes something to you? Screw that. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. Because if really, if you're if you're a owner of a team and you can't afford to pay it, then don't pay it. I mean, that's the market force right there. Is if people aren't willing to pay it. And I think you the know? the franchise tag, it puts the power in the hands of the the team because the team is able to basically just put your career on hold for a year. Sure. Well, that's what that's what owners always want. I mean, it's the same way. That's that's why, like, I don't know how it is in other sports with their drafts, but that's how it is in the Major League Baseball draft. It's like, hey, you know, you, you put these caps on these kids coming out of high school and college on the amount of money they can earn before they make it to the major leagues, because otherwise there'd be free agent bidding wars for their services. And then you'd see because the owners would not be able to stop themselves from spending like crazy. And then they blame the system you know, as opposed to, well, hey, who wrote that check? Right. Yeah, it's like they need something to save them from themselves, from from exactly. spending. So it's like, it it, it is interesting. The whole the whole idea of a salary cap is kind of crazy. And then the sal- I think the salary cap is sort of interesting because it also has made football a more fun sport to watch. So from a fan's perspective, the kind of What's interesting about the NFL is that it's like the most raw, raw American sport and it's completely socialized. It's it's oh, yeah. the equivalent of like an, you know, some sort of Orwellian nightmare control state um, from the top down. Uh, but it makes the games at a lot of times much more fun to watch because, of the you know, it does level the playing field. I mean, it's it's socialism. That, that, that's what we but yeah. that produces the thing that we love so much is really straightforward socialism. But from a player's yep. perspective, what a raw deal. Yep. Which is kind of, you know, the argument against socialism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's like, take the good parts of it, but then you still need the market to drive whatever the price is for for the labor or the skill or whatever you bring to the table, right? I think a salary cap is fun because it forces forces owners to be smart and it, it doesn't enable you to just, you know... Well, I'm willing to blow like the Yankees and stuff like that. I, I'm I'm much more interested, um, but just make the salary cap big enough that it is reasonable and, and make it swell appropriately over time would be my thought. It's like every five years or so, the NBA and the NFL seem to be in labor disputes. I don't know if baseball goes through that as often as as those two leagues do. They lost no, the hockey season, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. Now they they've really cleaned it up in baseball. Ninety four. You know, mm. '94 they they uh, they actually canceled the World Series, which, by the way, had not been canceled through two World Wars. But uh, the labor <laughs> strife did did take down the World Series in '94. Um, the one good thing to come out of that is that they they've both sides have been uh, very aggressive and cooperating since then, and, and there hasn't been anything approaching that because I think they realized just how much support they lost at that time, and and really as an industry they can't afford to do that. Well, I guess that's one thing baseball is doing better than everybody. Does yeah, I, they. I mean, how, Jeff, how much do you? I mean, is it overstated how much that strike hurt the sport, like at large? No, I, no, I, it, I mean, it definitely. You know, there's there were a lot of repercussions from that because, um, you know, their fans were slow to come back after that because nobody, you had two sides pitted against each other that were both basically consisting of millionaires and multimillionaires. You had you had really rich owners. Uh, at odds with really rich players by, by the standard of the, you know, common working man and woman anyway. Um, and, and there was a lot of disgust afterwards. And so, you know, when major league baseball finally got their act together and got things going again, they made a very concerted effort to really reach out to the fans and, and make them feel like 
this is a you know this is an American thing. This is part of who we are. Come out to the ballpark and so on and so forth. And even into the um, the home run race between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa in, in 1998, which later come to find out was fueled by steroids. Um, you know, so it's it sort of <laughs> that's sort of the bad side of it. Is it kind of it, it came at a cost? Um, you know, which which was to hey, uh, let's just turn a blind eye to this other thing that's going on and just celebrate all this magical home run stuff that somehow is happening. Um, yeah, it set them so, up for a future fall, I think, for sure. I don't that they were they were so yeah. desperate they couldn't be clean about it in a way. I, I, I think that was exactly it. They were they were desperate is the right word because there was so much at stake for so many people. Um so yeah, I mean it was it was devastating for them when they when they first came back to the degree that they that everybody had to resort to what they ended up resorting to and um and even pretending it wasn't happening at the time. Speaking of baseball, I got a. Uh, I know you're dying to get that chart out. Yeah, I, wanna, I got I got my chart. No, I, I, there's a baseball story I was really into. Um, I I watched uh some some highlights from it, but it was the the uh, Pirates played the uh, Washington Nationals last week, and the game went eighteen innings, Whew. which is just draw dropping. Now, frustratingly, I googled. I seriously spent about twenty minutes googling how long that game was, and I couldn't find how long the game was. Uh, so if anybody can find that wants to email it in, that'd be great. I would love to know how long it was from the first pitch to the final uh, home run. Uh, but uh, the, the the story got a lot of traction for partly because there was some some really great video. Of the cameraman, I love baseball cameramen when they find the fun stories in the crowd and follow them. That is a, a great part of baseball. <laughs> yeah. Check out the girl with the sombrero and all that. Uh, and uh, but there was this kid who was with his parents, and he looked and the kid was really into it, and he was just. He was just devastated when the Pirates went went got tied and went in extra innings, and he was just he was just like living with every moment. He was just so emotional, and and it, but it really was you could just show this kid, and it was like here's how everybody felt, just but it's just totally unfiltered, and it was a really cute and really good video. Um, but it got me curious about the longest baseball games because 18 innings is two baseball games, uh, if you're counting at home. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I found a nice little chart at ForbesBusiness.com for no particular reason. Uh, and uh, and it's this is the top ten longest baseball games in all time, the longest game of all time, twenty five innings in nineteen eighty four, not that long ago. Brewers White Sox it was eight hour six minute long. Oh my goodness! Suspended at the top of the eighteenth, and presumably played the rest of it in the afternoon. I guess I could have flown to Italy while that game was going on. Eight hours and six minutes long. The only the tenth one, the 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 number ten is six hours and thirty eight minutes. Twenty two inning tilt from nineteen sixty seven. And I have a theory that modern baseball games would have a longer. There would be more minutes per inning in a modern baseball game than previous because of all the TV timeouts and all the promotional yeah. BS they do, killing all the time. So I think that eighteen inning game was probably scratching at the six hour, six and a half hour mark. Yeah, I just looked it up. Actually, it was it was five forty eight. Oh, where did you find that? I couldn't find it anywhere. He uh, is Jeff Young. There's a great site called BaseballReference.com. Yeah. Ah, so, see, that was good yes. one from like the, just the you know general. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. five forty eight. Five forty eight. So that's pretty long. Scratching at six. Yeah. yeah, getting close. Yeah, you're you're right on. Yeah, I, I love this chart because it it actually brought back a really awesome memory for me. <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. One. I love this. The the third one on that chart is from June of 1989. It was the Dodgers and Astros. I actually I actually ended up writing an article about this one um, several many many years ago, 
but um, I was I was back at home in, up in L.A. from uh, college for the summer, and me and my buddy Brad were watching that game on TV, and it it went it went the full nine innings and it was tied and we were just like okay well whatever it was a Saturday we were gonna go out to like grab some dinner and watch a movie, so we go out probably to like Olive Garden or something and and watch our movie whatever stupid thing it was and we come home and we turn on the TV just to see like hey what was the score it was still going <laughs> it was it was still going and it ended up they they ended up uh, the Astros won because the Dodgers had to play guys out of position. They stuck their uh, Hall of Fame first baseman, Eddie Murray, was over at third base. They had their third baseman pitching, uh, and and uh, Fernando Valenzuela, the pitcher, was playing first base. And uh, the uh, guy on the uh, Astros, uh, they had him down 0-2 in the count, and the, Hamilton was pitching. He threw him a slider. or threw him something down and away, and it was not a good pitch. And Ramirez goes down and lunges for it and slaps it toward first base, and Fernando's like five foot ten. He jumps up for it. Ball deflects off his glove. Oh. And the right fielder picks it up, comes up throwing, but he, it's too late. So if Murray had been still playing first base, been about four inches taller, would have caught the ball. If Fernando hadn't jumped, the ball would have gone over his head. Right fielder would have fielded it cleanly, you know, either thrown the guy out or they, they'd have had a chance to keep fighting with the guy stuck at third. But uh, yeah, it was it, it was um that that's that's the only things I'll ever remember about that game are the way it ended and the fact that we went out to dinner and a movie between the time <laughs> we watched the whole game and then saw the end. And do you remember? Okay, do you start? Do you remember the movie? No, I I really don't. I was trying to think of what it might have been. I mean, it was probably eighty uh, nine. I mean, it was probably knowing knowing us, it was probably some wacky comedy. I I don't know. I mean, it, a little Cheech and oh. Chong. By my recollection, no. Roger and Me was just coming out, and Batman was maybe not quite out yet. Those both came out in Could June it, of '89. Uh, this was June of '89. I, I yeah. mean, like if I had to guess, I would have said it was probably some kind of um, or any of the other um, Christopher Guest movies coming out by then. Oh, you, you know what? Carry on, and I will. Uh, I will put my. Sure. I got a little. I'll use my movie stats, knowing. Hey, right on. Right on. We'll find out when. Hey, right on. Right on. You guys have your specialties for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a lot of uh, movies on my flight uh, to and fro from Italy. I saw the uh, the Big okay. Short. Oh, it's a great movie. Uh-huh. That was very good. Uh, Zootopia. Uh, also really good. Very good, especially for for a kids' film, of course. That um, they hit on hit on a lot of uh, themes in interesting ways. What else did I see? That uh, ben- Benghazi movie, I can't remember the name of it. That was okay. Oh, 13 Hours. I, I didn't see it. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, didn't finish it, but, you know. It, it, did it, was... it feel like 13 Hours? It that did. was the obvious critique based on the title. Yeah, it really did. And then I saw Deadpool. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Mm, that was pretty cool. cool. It's a little bit, uh, Brian, as a film buff, I'm sure you have an, a, a definite opinion on this, but sometimes when... Uh, there's movies where the actors will comment on the movie itself. Mm-hmm. If they do that too much, I feel that bothers me a little bit. And I felt like Deadpool went into that territory a little bit too much. Fair enough. I will say from from what my buddy who's really into it has explained to me and given me some of the things to read. Um, that's kind. That's sort of the nature of the character as written. So it's not. At the very least, they're not so much hanging on a cinematic gimmick as that's just sort of the gimmick that's in the books. Yeah. So there's that. But no, I, I agree. Sometimes it's a little precious. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know when it gets down to like him commenting on the the movie studio politics, I was just like, all right, enough. Just just be funny in other ways. Uh, oh, I agree. So, by the way, so movies, by the way, that came out in June. So, Jeff, you might have seen yeah. Dead Poet Society. Uh, yeah. released on June 2nd. So they were just hot in the theaters when Dead Poet Society, uh, the Hulk Hogan wrestling movie, No, no Holds Barred. Bar. <laughs> yeah. No. Hopefully, like, if no you said was. that, I would be very sad for you. But also in the theaters that time, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and Pink Cadillac, both quite popular. Ooh. It could have been Dead Poet Society because I did see that. It could have been Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade because I also saw that one that I'm hoping it was, but I don't remember if I saw it in the theater or not. But it could have been Earth Girls Are Easy. Earth Girls Are Easy, yeah. Ah. Knowing us, that's probably what it was. Also, Roadhouse was out May 19th. This was a really bonanza time for movies. Field yeah, of Dreams had just come out. Pet Cemetery had just come out. Oh, my. What a, t- what a time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> to quote the great Drake, what a time to be alive. <laughs> Which I, know I don't think you Drake were. owns that quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you owe him some royalties, Brian. So, you know, you might want to dig into the pocket. I didn't know you could copyright things people have been saying for hundreds of years, but I guess you can now. Drake found so a way. My other question for you, Jeff, on this one. Uh, so were you miffed? Are you in retrospect? Are you miffed that you went to dinner a movie, or were you happy in that you didn't technically miss anything? I'm miffed that I can't remember what the movie was. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, there's, there's part of you that wants to say I watched the th- all of the third longest baseball game in history, but then no, I, you know what? I think though, it's fun too. Yeah, you know what though? I there's a couple things. First of all, I, I thankfully I don't have completest mentality about me, so I have absolutely there's there's no part of me that is bothered by having missed all that part. The other thing is I almost feel like it's more memorable. The fact that I went to dinner and a movie and came back and it was still going. I I love the romantic way that you remember the final play and all the intricate details with the substitution. I'll never forget it. Yeah. And I won't remember anything else about the game, but I will never forget that. No, that's good. And it's also, uh, it's also kind of great that you like. I'm sure you had that moment where you, you and your buddy come home. You flip the TV on. It's 1989, so you had to turn a dial, and it started from the middle out, and it boom, and you had to wait a second for it to heat up, and it comes on, and you're like, "Oh, they're showing highlights from the game." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have that moment of like your brain's <laughs> trying to like reconcile. Like, I'm not seeing this. Yeah. We were like in hysterics. We're just like, "What the? What is going on?" And back then, by There's... the way, they didn't put the innings and everything necessarily on TV the whole time. Now we're used to that little corner box that's got the, you yeah, know, yeah. we've gotten very accustomed to that in the last 10 years, 20 yeah, years. It was, everything was out of context, but it was just, it was, it was great because they were still playing in the Astrodome at that time. And so, you know, you could, it was to the point where you were hearing individual voices in the crowd because <laughs> everybody was just like, ah, I'm going, home. Yeah. I don't care if it's Saturday night, I got to get up tomorrow, you know? And, and we're just sitting there like midnight. So it would have been what, two o'clock in the morning in, in Houston. Wow. Just, just completely nuts. Yeah. It was awesome. Seven hours and 14 minutes, <laughs> which makes sense. You watch the game for three hours. You yeah. go out, have dinner for 45 minutes, go see an hour yeah. and 45 minute long movie, come home. Yeah. You still got 45 minutes of game to watch. Yeah. I think we actually caught like the last two innings. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. It's not like we turned it on and just kept watching. <laughs> of course. At that point, it's like fake. Like we have to keep watching the game until it's done. Do you like the fact that these games go on forever? Is there a, a solution to making them shorter that would be satisfactory? There? Or do we just leave it the way oh, that it is? Uh, penalty kicks. 
<laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> we, we kind have of utilize a skill that's never comes up in baseball. Just have them bring something out from a totally different sport. Yeah, I actually like that. That's a great idea. <laughs> that would be great. I'm down. Or they could have like Jeff for commissioner of baseball. Yeah, me too. Or I, I would propose this. Maybe just have a mascot race. Ooh, but a real one. A real Absolutely. one. Not one of the staged ones. Absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, and then that would be a position that you would have to like draft for. Like mascot would be kind of like a kicker in baseball. <laughs> or a kicker in football, you know? That You're ma- like, well, yeah, he's not on the field with the rest of us, but sometimes he decides the game. So I guess we got to pay him a couple million dollars. Also, better invite him to the White House, too. Better invite him to the White House. <laughs> I could be a mascot. That's that's the beauty of it. I could be a mascot. Yep. I'm you, I like it. You should aim a little Help higher, me. but yeah, you could be. Well, in this context, dude, I, hey, I, I'll take $2 million and wear a dumb fuzzy head and sprint. Hell yeah. You'd see me running like Rocky. I'd be running around the lake practicing, but I'd have my big like practice foam head on. You know, like I'd be wearing two foam heads to like really train. So when I was just wearing one foam head, it felt really light. Um, just chasing chickens with the uh, nut hugger shorts. No, I'd be chasing chicken mascots. Actually. <laughs> oh shit, that's funny. We went on quite a tangent here. Yeah. Rap- We're going to do the longest podcast ever if we can. Penalty kicks. I left my iPod out. I went out. I saw Jurassic Park 5. I came back. Podcast is still going. They're still talking about uh, how to make baseball great again. It's crazy. So you want to wrap up with the final uh, all ball or flagrant foul? You guys got any more you want to throw out there? I'm out. I'm good. Okay. Well, you got one? Yeah, let me throw this to you. Yeah, you got one. For fans that will talk about their team in terms of us or we, as if hmm. they are part of the team, all ball or flagrant foul? Whoever wants to take it. All ball. Oh, yeah. Surprising. See, it is ridiculous because, of course, you're not doing anything, but... And this is not my theory. I think I'm, I'm actually kind of cribbing this theory from Dave Damashek, who, who uh, through several interviews, I've, I've noticed this as well, uh, but he has said it out loud before, um, that uh, you, fans have a lot more investment in the team a lot of times than players. Like the players have an investment in that year's team because they're right. on that year's team, yeah. but they're not from that town. You know, I mean, they grew up, you know, they grew up a Raiders fan in LA and then they end up getting shipped out to Green Bay. Yeah, obviously they want to win while they're in Green Bay, but they might play for five teams, uh, for instance, uh, especially if football is really transient. Um, baseball can be like that too. So the fans actually carry the torch of the team in a way that the individual members of the team do not. And then the team becomes a representation, you know, they're kind of a, a, a metaphor for the town in a way. And they seem to take on that character, you know, bad luck in Cleveland or, oh, you know, can't choking in Minnesota and all this stuff. And so uh, I think the fans are weirdly entitled to it because they are the ones who kind of carry it on. It's all kind of in their imaginations anyway. What about you, Jeff? That's a, that's a pretty uh, compelling it's a great uh, argument. <laughs> I, I, uh, I was I was kind of inclined to go all ball anyway, but, um, because uh, mainly to add to that, just in terms of like when I'm watching a game at home with my wife and we got it on TV, it's like how do you differentiate and how do you differentiate between the team you're rooting for and the team and the team you want to see 
you know, die a horrible, slow, painful death. Um, it's us and them. So it's, it seems fairly natural in that context. Oh um, yeah. Sociological. I like it. So, right. Right. So it's kind of like, it's, it's our tribe versus their tribe in the context of course of that, of that particular, uh, milieu. but, uh, but no, I mean, beyond that, I, I like Brian's argument very much. Um, I, I, I see no problem with it. All right. Well, I'll just wrap it up in a nice cozy agreement. It's all, <laughs> it's all ball. Aww. With with one caveat, Philadelphia fans, you're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> you know that said, I, I am not a big fan of wearing of jerseys. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think that's natural. I think as you get older. jerseys. You know, why don't you just wear an astronaut outfit while you're at it? Right. Why don't you? Wear, you know, oh, you're, you're just dressing for the job you wish you had. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a big Jersey guy. I gotta tell you, man. I wish I could be as cool as that 22 year old. That's right. And the older and fatter you get, the more grotesque the joke becomes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the same concept of of us and them. I kind of a appre- bit. I appreciate the the guys that that won't let go of the you know the classic Lawrence Taylor jersey or the Mark Bavaro jersey that you see at a Giants game or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I like a classic jersey. A That's classic true. jersey's good, but yeah, when you got like uh, I, I I don't know, I could go either way. It depends on the personality of the individual person. Yeah. And at the game is a little different too. Like, okay, you're at the game, you're wearing the jersey, I'm all right with it, but if you're at Chili's and you're wearing it, I'm like, come on, you're a grown up. You look like you're wearing, you might as well be wearing pajamas in public. That's uh that's my every Sunday night. I go to uh, Chili's with my Plaxico Burris jersey, and people throw stuff at me. But... <laughs> they don't charge for sharing, so I keep going back. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, you know my one issue. That's the political issue I'm waiting for. That's, candidates to that's the one. And I do have a restaurant story in Italy, but I'll save it for next podcast that I know you will, you guys will definitely enjoy. Cause... All right. Nice. So there's your, there's like your tease. Uh, any stand-up gigs coming up, Brian? Uh, yeah. Uh, if, if you if you happen to be downloading the episode uh, right away, uh, if you're a, a real Barry and you're living in Minnesota, uh, <laughs> I'm at the, the House of Comedy at the Mall of America uh, tonight through Sunday. Tonight's – well, tomorrow night, Thursday through Sunday. Uh, and then uh, mark your calendars. I'll be headlining Acme Comedy Company uh, the last full week of August. Very nice. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. Are you coming to New York? I know we talked about it. Uh, still up in the air. Still waiting to hear back from uh, the, the powers that be. Okay, cool. Well, that would be cool if you do. you got to yeah. let me know. Maybe we could uh, yeah. get together. That would be cool. Will do. And Jeff, CrookedScoreboard.com. Still doing that thing. There you have it. He's not working for your approval. Either you like <laughs> him or you don't. But how could you not? How could you not? That's an easy decision. It's all ball. <laughs> All ball, indeed. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. It was good to be back and doing this again. Get back in the flow, indeed. and uh, Always. I guess we'll do it again next week. Yeah, see you next week. Great. See you guys. Well, that's our show, but we got a bonus segment for you. As promised, here's my interview with Chris Stanley from the Bennington Show on SiriusXM, and we're just going to close out the show with that. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. You can shoot us an email if you'd like, ob 3 show at gmail.com. Shout out to all the Barrys. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Aaron Hodges here, and I'm joined by Chris Pepper Hicks, and he's from the Bennington Show. Chris Pepper Hicks Stanley, Aaron. Chris Pepper Hicks Stanley. That's it. It's a long, bloated name. It's kind of insulting, but fine. I didn't mean to uh, insult you. I, I know that uh, you're in the middle of trying to attempt the impossible here 
you're trying to try out for the New York Giants. Well, see, Aaron, I've wanted to be a place kicker for the New York Giants, specifically the New York Giants, for, for years and years and years. It's a live stream. Now, about 18 years ago, I had stopped kicking. Because in high school, I went to Brooklyn Technical High School. The football team there, which was a pretty good football team, they bullied me. Like, you can't be a kicker. Kickers are pussies. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Get off. Like, and I was like, I, I don't want to deal with this. So I, I gave up on the dream. And I was good back then. I were was like 14 you, or whatever. Were 13. you on the team playing another position? Or? No, no, kicking. Oh, nothing but kicking. You were kicking and yeah. getting bullied. No, I was a kicker in middle school going up to high school. And then, you know, I was trying out for the team. And they just bullied me. They were like, hey, white boy. All this stuff. I don't want to get too into it. Whatever. I was fine. I went to high school in Brooklyn. Whatever. <laughs> but over our last break for uh, Bennington, Ron Bennington, he brought me out to a field because I told him about the dream. He went with you. Yeah, he went with me. and He was your holder? He was my holder, but he was financing this. Whole, we, got, we got a holder. Ah. We got to a field. We got balls. And I'm telling you right now, we were, I was drilling footballs one after another after another. How far do you kick? Uh, I was drilling at 20, 30, 40. <laughs> And then I got up to around 49, and it was it was 50-50. But bear in mind, I hadn't been kicking in 18 years. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a, yeah. it was terrible, really. Oh, also with me is Vito. Uh, he's a associate producer for the Bennington Show, but also he's my trainer. Say hello, Vito. Hey guys. Yeah, I'm glad you brought Vito into the fold because I yeah. got a couple questions about this pairing here, right? Okay. Yeah, so sure. it seems to me that you guys are morphing into the same person at this point. I don't know. That's what you're talking about. He's trying to look just like you. That's weird. And I'm concerned that it should be the other way around. Like usually the client is trying to look like the trainer. Yeah. Here we have the trainer trying to look like the client. Is this healthy for your goals? Well, I've had, uh, this is people have told me that I have like a cult of personality, you know? Right. So like, I guess yeah. when I brought Vito on to help train me, he tells me what supplements to take. He tells me <laughs> what, he, well, I don't know why that's funny. He tells me what, uh, what, what food, yeah. Pre-workouts, post-workouts. Also, I want him to feel comfortable. So right. Like him, uh -huh. so he feels comfortable around me. So it's like looking in a mirror okay. because he should want to look more like me, because I'm a physical specimen. So what kind of workouts do you have Chris doing before he even touches a football? Look, we got high knees, we got leg lifts, okay? We got box jumps. You should see how high this guy can box <laughs> jump. I mean, we're squatting, right? We do squats. Oh, we squat. We do farmer squats. Now, see, but uh, I asked squats because I'm not. I haven't been to a gym regularly. <sighs> I'm gonna say ever, and. <laughs> Even when I was kicking back in you know, middle school, high school, I wasn't really going to the gym because I just have a natural, strong hip, knee, and calf. Sure. Did you ability. play soccer at all? No soccer whatsoever. No, okay. no, I just missed the soccer craze. Right. See, I, just, see I'm, just missed it. I'm 33. I'm about to be 33 years old, okay. and I'm heading to yeah. on July 28th to be part of the New York Football Giants. Right. And right. I'll be their starting kicker, and Josh Brown will not know what the hell came over him. Josh Brown's going to be out of a job. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Josh Brown's a starting kicker for the New York Giants, at least as of last season. And July 28th is the day I'm going there. I'm going there fucking MetLife Stadium early Thursday morning. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there. It's an open practice, right? It's it's a start of training camp. It's open practice, start of training camp. I'm going there, and I'm going right. to be part of this whole thing. I'm going to be part of my dream. I'm going to make my dream come true. Okay. Thanks to... I'm going to say a big part to Ron Bennington. So is this going to be documented by the Bennington show at uh, all? I'm or? periscoping everything. You're every periscoping? Every, all right. See, I started, I believe, 16 days out is when I really started my training regimen. Yeah, yeah. You're looking now, good. You're nice and sweaty post-workout yeah, here. Well, yeah, I just yeah. ran a 5K. <laughs> and, um, down to 22 minutes. What's that? 22 Vito? minutes. Down to 22 minutes. 22.02. 
I like that. That's a good trainer. He yeah. knows the numbers. He's yeah, pushing yeah, yeah, he's you. He's good. He's good. And I, you know, I have a can. So I have about four or five cans of seltzer every every because I like the bubbles. We're looking yeah. for a sponsorship. We're looking for a seltzer sponsorship. Seltzer blue blockers are out there. We're looking for some sponsors. Ed Hardy, even I see you have an Ed Hardy shirt, Vito. <laughs> I don't need a sponsor from them. I just rock them for fun. All right, he just loves Ed Hardy. I, I mean, it. who else is in the seltzer game besides Schweppes? No one, man. Schweppes is the fucking best seltzer I've had in my entire life. It keeps me hydrated. There's bubbles. Everything feels good. Yeah. So when I heard about this dream, dream, this yeah. mission yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. on, it is a mission. I said I gotta talk to you, Chris. Because I love it. thank I, you, thank you for coming, bringing me on. I had a similar thing here. Okay. Where I tried out as a place kicker, I set my goals a little lower than okay. you. Okay. Or where did you try to place kicker? I kick tried for? out for the Hartford Colonials of the United Football League. Really, the UFL. UFL. And how'd right. it go? Uh, you know, I actually went to the tryout yeah. and uh, kicked good from 45 yards out. That's fantastic. It's pretty good. It's great. But it wasn't my best day of kicking. I what was happened? intimimidated. Oh, oh, really? Oh, See, yeah. That's what happened to me 18 years ago when I was in, the <laughs> right. when I was in high school. And know what happened? I fucking ended up not kicking for 18 <laughs> years. But I think part of the reason I decided to yeah. try it out because I was yeah. like, I was, I'm bored here. You know sure. what I mean? I'm sure, bored. Yeah. Like this radio thing. Uh-huh. You know how it is. It yeah. can be a little monotonous at times. So let me try something different, right? So I feel like maybe it was a cry for help when I did it. I'm wondering if this is what you're going through. Is no, this no, no, a cry no. for help? We are kindred souls. We are. Is what, is what's going okay. on. We're kindred right. souls. I don't want to be worried about you. There's nothing to worry. I, I quit smoking. I quit drinking. Yeah. I'm, I'm working out every day with Vito. He's telling me what to do and how to do it. I'm taking supplements for the first time in my life. Just, I'm like, what is it, IsoPure? What's, what's our flavor? IsoPure, low-carb uh, post-workout protein. Pre-workout, we use a pre-gym. It's a nice... BCAA-fueled pre-workout that helps cut weight <laughs> and give you the energy to perform. What flavors are we doing, though? Well, the flavor in the for the uh, pre-workout is a cherry limeade. I, I really Ooh, like that. Yeah. I really like that Ooh. one. But I think you like the post-workout Dutch chocolate better. Ooh. I mean, it's Dutch chocolate. I call it DC for short. That's like a treat. That's yeah, a treat like, for give it. give me that DC. And we mix it with seltzer. No, you don't. Yeah, we mix it with seltzer because no, I like don't. the bubbles. This is my training regimen. That's it's, crazy. It's I love it. Uh, this appeal, that guy just gave me a really weird look. Right. Ain't gonna be giving me weird looks when he's drafting me on his fucking goddamn fantasy football team. No doubt, because I'm what, drilling 55-yard field goals. What round do you think you should go? Second round. Second? Because I'm gonna be putting like I th once I get on the Giants, I'm going to uh, try to get in on some of the coaches' meetings and be like, look, we don't need to be passing the balls much. Once we get into the fucking, the, we're right outside the red zone. Let's kick the fucking thing because I'm automatic. I'm auto fucking matic, Vito. What am I? Automatic. Auto fucking matic. Three points, three points, three points. Let's it's go. just going to be ridiculous. Time management, time clock management, crazy. Think and dunk. Thank I like you. that. So, I mean, you're visioning yourself on the Giants already. Yeah, I'm on the Giants. Number two, by the way. I'm going for uh, number two. Here's something I thought about. Yeah, what's that? You're a lifelong Giants fan, so yes, am I. Yeah. Then you're well aware that they have a very notable player with the nickname Pepper. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? Are you going to embrace a new nickname uh, when well, you're on the team? What's going to happen? If, if you've been following my – here, hold this, Vito. If you've been following my periscopes, uh, you know that I'm going for number two and that I'm going to um, – because I, I want people to call me Deuce or Snake Eyes. <laughs> you're right, right. Or the Dirty Deuce. All right. Or Deuce Bigelow. Yes. Or, like I said, Snake Eyes. I mean, those are all – those are that's what I'm going for. So the Pepper thing, that's going to be gone once I'm a New York Giant. Wow. I'm gonna try to get hashtag Bennington on my uh, on my on the jersey, jersey? Yeah. the jersey name. Yeah. That'd be a good like look. He like he <laughs> ate me exactly. I mean, these are all my plans right now. They're, really, they're not so much plans as they are, you know, reality. They're fluid plans, but they're I really fluid. you gotta have a dream. You gotta start somewhere. 
I'm chasing my dream and I'm beating the shit out of it. Are you I'm kicking doing. out here on the streets of New York here? Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, actually, I'll put. Let's come with me. All right, I let's mean, walk. So there's a um, there's a waterfall by SiriusXM. Oh, it's beautiful. And I call it. Uh, I call that's where I've been working out a lot. Yeah. And I call it the pit. You know, against the pit. That's why I love someone. It's also it's, one of New York City's hottest poker stops. I don't know what that means. Let's not talk about poker stops. Oh, polka stops. I thought he said poker. I got excited there, and then no. I realized, no, Vito is a child. No, He's still no, playing Pokemon Go, huh? Yeah, he loves it. Yeah. You're, I love it. I'm a, I'm a level 15 Pokemon master at this point. Chris, is that you, good? Yeah, it sounds good. Is it good? It's great. It's okay. fucking great. You don't have time for that, Chris. Oh, no. You're God, busy no. I don't training. have time to, uh, for Pokestops or Pokeballs or really uh, Pokemon in general, unfortunately. Now, what kickers, uh, what's your style? Are you a uh, straight-on toe ball kicker are you going sideways I'm soccer a sideways style guy. i'm a sideways no it's weird despite never playing soccer i'm a sideways guy and but one of my all-time favorites is all mr sebastian janikowski oh good one he's a good one Seabass is my dude yeah because he he shows up he's hefty he also uh, loves uh, apparently heard he loved cocaine back in college is what i heard he tried to bribe a cop when he was arrested one time. What's the story there? I can't remember, but I know C. I'm not going to bring that up. That's Seabass's business. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're not a snitch. No, not you're, at all. You're a place kicker. All right, hold on. I got to start up my periscope feed because I want to put on this kicking clinic for everyone. We can. I won't be able to be able to actually see it. All right, go ahead. Um, Have you ever showed them the pit before? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, every morning I'm, I'm uh, periscoping and they see the pit. They see me running. They see me getting stretched out. They see me, you know, fucking doing some practice kicks because I actually can't kick footballs in the city they don't won't let me but I can you know I can show them the form <laughs> the form and also today I'm wearing Timberland boots which aren't the best thing for kicking but I'm gonna make it work no I mean that that could be different let's get get this thing going if for some for some reason I lost uh, my sneakers in my apartment oh no don't know how that happens oh no I should probably clean more right I don't know who I'm talking to now Vito while uh, while Chris is firing up that periscope Let's get the skinny on the training regiment. What made you want to get involved with this dream of Chris's here? Did you see something? You see some promise well, Chris, in Chris, Chris as came a place up to kicker? Me and he saw me uh, going to the New York Sports Club in 1221 Avenue of the Americas, NYSC. He saw you. Yeah, he saw me there, and he was like, oh, I see you working out. I'm trying to be a place kicker. Can you get me on some good leg days? So I was like, you know what, dude? I do got some good leg days for you. I played high school football. You did? What position? I was a D-tackle. Of course. I couldn't play offense because I couldn't remember the plays. <laughs> so I got kicked off offense. All right. But that's why I'm here to help Chris get into football shape. So, all right, defensive tackle. You couldn't remember plays. They didn't draw up any plays. They're just basically like just you no, just go. No, defensive plays where you try What's to get up? the ball. Give me the mic. All right. <laughs> All right, we're going to go over here. All right, uh, back like yesterday. Chris, Aaron Hodges, say what up to Periscope. Hey, what's up, uh, Scope Bros? Yeah, Scope Bros. What's that's right. happening? Yeah, we're looking good. Over here, Vito. I, want, I need some room. So, I need uh, some room to kick the shit out of this fucking thing. Chris is currently Periscoping. Yeah. We're going through what he we're calls scoping. the pit. This, this is where he trains with Vito. This is the pit. It's beautiful, right? I got a waterfall over there. <laughs> Things are looking fucking great for me. Everything's right, coming up, Chris. I need, you, I need you to move some of those chairs out because I need to, you know, I need some kicking room. So, Chris, yeah, why now with the place kicking? Do you feel like there's a, a chance with the Giants now that Coughlin's gone? He's notoriously very rigid. Do you feel like there's an opening now that Ben McAdoo's the coach? Look, when Ben McAdoo sees me, he's going to fucking lose his shit. He'll say, hey, there's the golden leg. There's the, there's the man I've always wanted in my life. 
It is a flash dance look. That's fine, though, bro. <laughs> Chris has responded to Periscope. Yeah, I'm so sorry about just that. Just for the I podcast. Po- I apologize. No, it's all right. I apologize. It's quite all right. I'll, I stop, apo- I'll stop talking to them while I'm on mic. Don't worry. No, let's talk to them. Let's um, take some questions from Periscope. Right, well, Any some questions? questions? I need some questions right now. You look now. great, Pepper. About to get canned from Sirius. Needs job. Let's drink the is water. Is that what this is? Do you think uh, this is job security in case you get fired from Sirius? No. This I is mean, the this, next is, career? this is literally just going after one person's dream yeah and just saying fuck it i don't care i'm gonna do what i thought i was born to do what i was bred to do really i mean i have naturally loose joints which is fancy which is really really great for uh you know for kicking so i figured look i'm like the x-men of kickers can we get Vito to stretch you out for the periscope audience can we get one look i'm first i'm gonna gonna give a pre-kick stretch all right stretch me out Vito. are you kicking seltzer cans here i'll I'll hold the mic here it is for the for the podcast audience. Chris is gonna uh, <laughs> he's getting stretched out. <laughs> this periscope feed only lasts for about twenty four hours, right? Oh, here we go. This is beautiful. Here, I'll I'll hold the thing. Here we go. There's Chris. Oh, that's a beautiful teamwork right there. <laughs> It's too far, Vito. We just got advice from random lady. They saw Chris stretching out with Vito. And she said if you have a cramp, you better drink water if you're dehydrated. But clearly she doesn't know what kind of mission that he's on here. You all right? You got cramps? How'd All you right. feel about that advice from the lady? Are you drinking enough water? Can All we right. blame the seltzer for the cramps? No, man. No. The seltzer's helping me feel good. Okay. Yeah, I, should use, I should eat some bananas. All right, so now set up my, uh, my spot, Vito. So what are we kicking here? We're kicking the, seltzer using, cans? Uh, closer, closer. And, closer, uh, Vito. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've said it close. I need, I, need, I need my spot right there, right there. All right, good. More to the right. My right. All right, we're setting up. Your left. Seltzer cans here. Are you at all concerned about how far you're no, going to kick it? No, the other way, dude. I'm not kicking the can. I'm just. This is just my marker. Oh, okay. Then the other way, whatever it is. You know, I've never. I've seen a few periscopes of this. Of the. Uh, okay, good. You That's know, you talking about this dream, and yeah. I've yet to see a football. I can, involved. Am I, so. I going to kick footballs in the middle of midtown Manhattan? I, I don't think so. I mean, it looks like they're going to lock me up. Do you see the fountain right there? Yeah, see, that's, that's I, the pit. You it's mean such a, the pit? That would be a perfect goal. To try to kick the football over. Look. Right there. Aaron, I could drill that fucking ball over the waterfall. All day I know long. you That's could. Easy. That's a chip shot. I feel like you're wasting but an I opportunity can't here. I can do that because I'm in Midtown Manhattan. Here. All Vito, right. take this. I want to take my shit. Show me what you can do. Wait, hold on. Remember, McAdoo's watching. I, I'm you sure want McAdoo, me to hold, I'm sure me to hold the mic? The fucking, I'm sure McAdoo's in the goddamn Periscope chat here. <laughs> Show me what you do. Chris is lining up a shot. I'm really not sure what's happening here. He's kicking a can or... I'm not kicking a can. It's, just just, it's a marker. Fa- I'm it's showing form. I'm showing form. Yeah. It's a fake kick. Good. <laughs> He's lining it up with the hand. It looks real professional. Checking the wind. And... <laughs> that looked horrific. What's that? That looked what's horrific. That? Yeah, Chris. like I destroyed the ball, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have ankles. <laughs> Are you going for another one? Yeah, I'm sure. All right. The first one was just a practice. Were you a fan of Lawrence Tynes when he was the Giants kicker? No, not a Tynes fan. 
Not me either. Looks like, looks like time's out for him. <laughs> if this doesn't work out, you could be a New York Post headline writer. All right. I, I got to say the second one was much better. Well, Chris, Yes. I want to thank you. Hold on, one more. One, one more? more? One more. This yeah, and then we're going to... I know this is a visual thing. Then we're going to... This is a multi... This is a multi-platform show we're doing right now. It's That's podcasting. Right. It's satellite radio. It's, it's Periscope. Periscope. Can they hear me? They're not helping. I kind of want to see you kick the can. I can't kick the can, dude. There's people everywhere. It's be playing click in July 28th, though. <laughs> crack, me, crack me a seltzer, bro. I appreciate you taking the time here, Chris, to yeah, share well, in your dream, your I have, aspiration. I have a really busy workout schedule. I know you do. And for you, I moved my workout from the morning to afternoon. Good luck, Chris. Thanks, Aaron.